Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, blessed feast of St. Anthony of Padua, and welcome back to the Welcome Asgard podcast, episode 441, where tonight we're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to talk about, first, my initial thoughts on Babylon 5. I'm officially one season in. I have one full season under my belt and about five full episodes into season two. So I've got some things to say, but as the fact that I'm continuing to and still watching the show, that should give a pretty early indication about my thoughts on the show overall, as it is definitely something that I am enjoying uh, watching. But I'll give some more details and some of also the the issues that I have uh, with the show as well. There's really only one major issue that I have, and it's one that was kind of you know out of the control of anyone that was involved. We'll also talk about what is going on with the Little Mermaid's box office because oh boy. We had a, a, a fun little article, and apparently several articles, in fact, that have been put out by Collider. Oh, man. A, a once great website, a once great company, now so far gone. So far gone in so many ways. Talking about how it's really good. The box office for The Little Mermaid, that is, according to them. And we'll explain why that is absolutely fictitious, why it has no basis in reality, and just how truly insane it actually is. And we, of course, will talk about other things box office and movie related for any further though please make sure to smash that like button that the fire button Aussie, and smash the rumble button as well and thank y'all all for being here tonight we should have a good time let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat starting off with orange hour views who is a member and also my king mod on the channel so make sure to follow the instructions he has laid out all that we ask is that you be respectful to people be nice don't curse it's a family friendly show family friendly chat um, and, uh, make sure if you have a comment or question, no matter what platform you are watching on, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment at Odin. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. The one exception is if you are a member on YouTube as it changes the came, it tells, it changes the color of the person's name. So it makes it easier for me to cipher out those comments, but I do not have a paywall here. So if you have a comment and you're not a member, just put at Odin, O-D-I-N at the very beginning of your comment so that I can read it aloud for you. And please do not spam. And Orange Hat, thank you for always laying out the ground rules for everybody. The Master of Gaming in the chat. What is going on, Master of Gaming? Thanks for being here. Keely Chow, what's going on? Hail to you. Wayward Noodle in the chat. What's up, Wayward Noodle? Glad to have you here. Golden Rage Pop over on Rumble. What's going on? Babylon 5 and Blake's 7 are my favorite sci-fi shows. Never seen the Blake's show, but Babylon 5 is definitely, uh, is definitely solid getting started with that. Keely Chow, what is going on? She says, how are you? Baby Thor and Freya doing? All are doing very well. We just got our checkup checking in on Baby Girl. And uh, Baby Girl is is doing well, is, is developing very well. It's crazy to think that she's now about 26 weeks along. Already weighs a pound, roughly. Is I think the in the 33rd percentile for for weight for size. So she's she's right where she needs to be. And we are very, very excited. Very excited. Uh, Mr. Roy, what is going on? Welcome back. Super Anime Gamer, hey, what is up, my dude? What's up, Super? Glad to have you here early on. We got Bruce in the chat. What's going on, Bruce? By the way, several people with the, uh, with the pink waving hand emojis, which are just some of the silliest emojis I've ever seen in my life. I always appreciate when y'all use those in here. We got Laura, the modern major general story. 
What is going on, Laura? Welcome back. J.S. Pena says, ahoy. Ahoy to you, J.S. Pena. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tagging. Uh, Laura has tagged to say, oh, wow, they added pride emojis. I, you, let's just be honest here. It's Google. It's YouTube. I honestly am, am surprised that it took this long for anyone to actually notice that. Because <laughs> if any company was going to jump on it first and foremost, it would, of course, uh, be them. Uh, this has kind of been their, their MO for, for a very, very long time. <laughs> Miss Minnesota Haka fan, how about a Haka player? What is going on? Ms. Minazaga fan, are you excited for the game tonight? Do you think the Golden Knights are going to win it all in Vegas? Or do you think the Panthers are going to pull one out and force this on yet another game? For me personally, it's the Stanley Cup Finals. I would love to see the Panthers be able to hold on and for it to go to a a Game 7. However, whether it's a Game 6 or a Game 7, I'd be fine with either of those as long as... Because I think the way it's working is that the Vegas Knights have the next two games in Vegas, I believe, because I think they had, what, the record? They had the, the best record going into the series, and so therefore they get the home field or home ice advantage. So they get, I think, the next two games, and then if they don't put that away in two games, then it goes back for the final game in uh, for the Panthers in Florida. Again, I'm not exactly sure on that. I think that's how it works. But if it's game six or seven, I would just like for whoever the winning team is to win at home. It's one of the things where I appreciate in hockey in the NHL that they keep it at the home court, right? They don't let some random, like in the NFL, some random city whose team is usually not the one that's playing in the game, uh, hosting it, right? That Again, it makes some sense to me, but it also has always been kind of silly. But I do like how you can get the Stanley Cup finals in your actual home home ice, right? In your, in your home uh, stadium. I just think that that's such a cool thing to happen, right? People who have been there all season, who have, you know, been cheering the team on all season at home. I just, I, whoever wins, because I have no real dog in the fight, uh, but whoever wins, I, I just hope that they win in front of their home team. But I would like for it to go on a little bit more, make it a little bit more exciting, I guess you could say. Groomer drunk 3PO, oh boy, how apropos of you to use this, uh, says, say gay. Yeah, the issue that I have especially with it is that it's using the modern iteration of the so-called pride flag, which if you dive into what all the different colors mean and represent, it's it's diabolical, right? Gone, Long gone are the days where it was just very, very simple and it was just, hey, we're appropriating this symbol and using it for something to try to, you know, push for uh, being treated in a way where we're not being, you know, hated and we're not being abused and we're not being, you know, uh, uh, you know, assaulted. Right. Gone are those days. Now it's no, no, no. You must affirm. But not just us. You must affirm every single possible million upon millions upon millions upon millions of genders that seem to pop up every single day. And that, I think, is, again, we've gotten to the point where people have had had enough as as what's been going on with the whole call of duty thing leave the kids alone that that has become the major issue that has become the biggest issue it's the t and you know exactly what i'm talking about when you say it's the t and it's specifically the t in regards to children and i'm I'm, you know it's sad that it took us that long (laughs) to to be able to finally realize oh there's some stuff going on that we should probably talk about but it's 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 ridiculous it's crazy all right, let us see. We got Master of Gaming, who tried to say Disney and Warner Brothers cut costs because they lost a lot of money and spend more compared to Sony, Paramount, and Universal. Absolutely. They 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 vastly outspend every other studio. 
Just look at the fact that you have a film in Little Mermaid that costs $250 million, should never have cost that amount of money. Whereas you look at Spider-Verse, that cost $100 million. A lot of different reasons as to why those films cost what they did, but the fact remains Paramount and Universal usually are, are can be pretty you know effective in their spending. Universal... I will say, has a major caveat because, remember, they were the ones that put $340 million behind Fast 10, all but guaranteeing that movie would be a massive financial flop. And it is well on its way. Oh my goodness, Master of Gaming. Those are just, those are just too many. Those are just too many. Gotcha, Wayward Noodle. Thank you for the clarification there. So one in Vegas, one Florida, then back to Vegas. Okay. I guess it's nice because then because of the travel, they get a break in between, I guess. But yeah. Uh, Laura, who is who is a member, or rather, who, who is uh, the queen mod jail, says, Now wishing I hadn't mentioned the new emotes. I know, right? They're going to they're gonna blind you. General Wingster, what's going on? Good sir. Daddy, say hello there. I'm making grilled cheese sandwiches. Do you like grilled cheese sandwiches? Happy, <laughs> happy month of the Sacred Heart? Is that what you meant to say, General Wingster? Yes, it is the month of June, which means it is the month of the Sacred Heart. I believe it's also the month dedicated to, is it the, the mental health? Of, of isn't it men's mental health awareness month or something like that I again there's there's so many different things that are going on right now that if a company wanted to support would not be nearly as controversial <laughs> but to answer your initial question yeah grilled cheese is fine I, I'm not obsessed with grilled cheese but uh, you know a good grilled cheese now and then can be pretty good just standard you know just just the plain grilled cheese for me Miss Minnesota fan says I'll be watching the game tonight very nice uh, Laura says, I've joined a new group called Get the L Out. <laughs> Great group. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not Get the T Out. Get that T out. Great Wooda, what is going on? Welcome back. Bruce, this is the thing that I've been thinking every single time, and no one, I, I have not heard anybody actually use this song lyric, right? Because the entire thing going on with Call of Duty, the people that I've been listening to, not a single one has has gone on to say this lyric. And I'm like, this is the perfect lyric. Everyone should be posting this image and this gif and this meme for, for what's going on right now. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Exactly. It's like, hey, <laughs> Call of Duty, leave the kids alone. Steven, what's going on? Tad is saying, good afternoon. Still hanging in there with the whole breakup. It's hard, but day by day, busy. And went back to the gym, get back in shape. Thanks for the advice last week. No problem at all, Steven. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I, I will say, uh, shout out, by the way, to Eric July. Shout out to Young Ripper for sh uh, for launching the pre-orders for ISIM 2 in the Ripperverse. It has already gotten to almost well over $850,000. I thought he actually had a chance of getting to a million in 24 hours, but still, the fact that he's at 850 plus thousand, I think the last I checked was like $870,000. That's amazing. It's only been live for about a day, and to to be that close to a million dollars when his first campaign made three million, and I think he's still got seventy four days left on the campaign. That's in, that's incredible. That's amazing. So again, shout out to Young Ripper. Shout out to the Ripperverse. That is awesome. But I know that he would agree with me, and he would very much support what you're doing there. Right, th what you're doing right there. Going go to the gym, work out. Great way to work out your frustration, your anger. Uh, you know, any sadness that you might be feeling too? Yeah. Let's see. We got Joey Horn. What is going on, Joey Horn? Welcome back. 
Undead Nerd, what's going on? It's Patriarchy Mental Health Month. Ah, yes, of course. Steven, tag to say, not sure if you read the projection for The Flash. It's saying box office weekend projected to be 70 million opening. I did not see that, actually, because I did not think that they would be releasing the projections this early. Let us see. So, I'm not seeing... I don't know what site is reporting that. I'm not seeing box... You know, Box Office Pro, they typically have theirs out. Usually on, I think, the Wednesday before. And then they update over time. Let's see. Okay, wait. Okay, so I actually... I just checked Deadline earlier. So, yeah, 29 minutes ago, this broke. Okay, gotcha. So, this just broke from Deadline. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into it then. Because just mentioning the uh, the domestic opening is not going to be enough data for me. But let's go ahead and dive into that. All right, so we're changing a little bit of, of the topic tonight. But hey, this just broke 30 minutes ago. So our buddies, Tony and Nance over on Deadline, hoping not to be gone in a flash, DC pick eyes $155 million worldwide opening. Okay, $155 million opening weekend. That's that's not terrible, but that's also not great either. Um. You know, let's go ahead and actually pull up for a second the the box office projections just so that we can get a little bit of information here. Hold on one second. I need to fix something. I need to fix something. It didn't let me access it for some reason. Why? You're so crazy. Of course, as soon as I flip away from the screen, then it immediately goes right to it. That's insane. Anyway, here's the issue, though. I, I thought this was the number, but I wasn't exactly sure. So the Flash is projected to make $155 million worldwide. Okay, again, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but it's also not good either. In fact, it's downright disappointing. And here's the major reason why. And again, I'll be able to say more so when I actually am comparing some of the numbers between all the other DCEU movies. But look where this film stands up against Transformers Rise of the Beast. Rise of the Beast opened this past weekend to 170 worldwide. So you know what? Actually, I take that back. That's abysmal for The Flash. Flash only getting $155 million opening weekend versus Transformers 155. Oh boy. Now I just still need to actually look and see, okay, what countries is it not going to be opening in? Because that does have some impact on those opening weekend numbers. But just in like for like, comparisons, raw numbers, yeah, 155 is not good. In fact, 155 would be below the worldwide opening of The Little Mermaid. If you needed yet another reason as to why, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> the more and more I'm looking at this date, again, this did just break. So, uh, oh my goodness. Wow. So Flash is projected to have a terrible opening weekend worldwide. Because, again, you look at those movies, you know, Super Mario Brothers, 377. Some could argue saying, well, John Wick Chapter 4 only opened to, to 137. But then also, and this is the reason why I do eventually need to, and I'll probably make a video on this over the next couple of days, I do need to look into where the other DCEU movies have been. Um, in fact, I might actually do that on the Good Morning Asgard podcast tomorrow, is, is do the full DCEU breakdown, you know, showing the adjusted for inflation numbers and what we're getting here. Because... You know, John Chapter 4, this number wasn't terrible. This number did not do what the other films had done, right? Remember that the uh, other John Wick films were all able to essentially double what the previous film did. 
Uh, chapter four did end up doing better than the previous movies, even when adjusted, but not by a whole lot, right? Not by a not by a lot. So that's why 137 for John Wick does not mean the same thing for a 155 for the Flash, right? You do need to have that context to be able to to properly understand whether it's a healthy opening or not. Some other comparisons: Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Oh my goodness, Quantum Mania. That film opened at 225 million worldwide. Again, the Flash right now being projected at 155. Oh goodness. I'm trying to see other other comparisons here. Let's see. Black Adam. Okay. So here's a better comparison because this is coming from a uh, a similar a similar thought, right? Black Adam with the Rock opened to 140 million dollars. So it's expected to do better than Black Adam, but not by much. Black Adam, I believe, also ended up being a box office flop, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Black Adam lost $100 million. Open up to 140. Oh, boy. So let's go ahead and dive further into these numbers then. So again, this just broke about 30 minutes ago. Uh, so again, thank you very much for, for letting me know about this, uh, Stephen. And uh, before Stephen... Uh, actually, no, it was Steven. So again, thank you very much, man, for, for letting me know about this. But yeah, so this just broke from deadline. So again, right now, Flash is eyeing $155 million opening weekend. This would be only $15 million higher than Black Adam. And this would be well below figures for the box office flop that is Quantum, uh, that is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This would also be below box office flop The Little Mermaid in its worldwide opening. That is abysmal. As it says right here, after a year plus of tabloid headlines about its stars Ezra Miller, about its star Ezra Miller, Warner Brothers DC's COVID-delayed $200 million Justice League standalone superhero movie The Flash finally arrives in theaters. I do not buy that $200 million budget, by the way. That, that has been what they've been reporting now for a long time, but there have been many reports about reshoots. Uh, it's clear that the direction they're going in is pushing much more in the direction of the fact that Batman's in the movie and from the people that have seen it, that's the best part of it is everything with Michael Keaton's Batman, which makes sense to me that that would be the one part of it or the one section, at least, that people could have positive things to say. But oh, man. Oh, man. The global opening looks better than domestic. 155 to 165 globally with only 70 million dollars coming from the domestic marketplace. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I cannot wait. In fact, you know, we like to do things live here on OMB Reviews. So let's actually, let's let's try and see if we can find a comparison real quick. Oh my goodness, you can see my spelling in real time as well. All right, so we got the flash. Right now it's being projected at $200 million. That means a minimum, if I was to take this number seriously, which I don't, it would mean the break-even is somewhere around $500 million. I think even if I were to take this number seriously, I would still have to say, you know, the marketing on this movie is going to be a lot higher than 100 million, which would be a typical spend on a $200 million budgeted movie. And so you're looking at probably what, at least $600 million break even point, right? Standard, it would be 500, but I just, I, I don't buy that based on everything that we know about this movie. But let's go ahead and actually look at the DCEU, all right? Now, the one issue with this chart is that it will not have the numbers adjusted for inflation. Actually, you know what? Actually, no, I don't have enough time for that. But just as a framework, all right, opening weekend. So this is expected to have a $70 million opening weekend. Man of Steel, 
These are unadjusted figures, by the way. And again, I will have an adjusted chart tomorrow on the uh, Good Morning Asgard podcast. So if you are interested in finding out more about these numbers, the actual numbers, check it out then. $116 million opening weekend for Man of Steel unadjusted. $166 for Batman v Superman unadjusted. And so on and so forth, right? Suicide Squad, $133. Wonder Woman, $103. Justice League, $93. Aquaman, back in 2018, $67. So even Aquaman, $67, when adjusted... That would end up being more than 70. 53 million for Shazam. Okay, probably still would end up beating Shazam. Would definitely still be Birds of Prey, which had an abysmal opening. This was, of course, during COVID times, though. So, you know, even though the film was still pretty bad, I do still have to mention that. 16 million for Wonder Woman, also affected by COVID. Suicide Squad, also affected as well. Black Adam was really the first film to not have COVID as any excuse whatsoever. And it's looking to make just a little bit more. So domestically, look at this, guys. Domestically, the movie's only expected to make $3 million more in its opening versus Black Adam. And of course, coming in much higher than Shazam Fear of the Gods. So yeah, this is abysmal. Despite a very good response out of CinemaCon and DC, co-boss James Gunn exclaiming that the pick is probably one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Well, he has to say that. He's running the company. He's the, he's the man in charge. He's, he can't go out and say, this movie's terrible, this movie sucks, or it's half a good movie. That, that would be one of the worst things that they could do. In fact, he could probably get sued for that because he would be uh, downgrading and degrading the property and degrading the IP. Along with reports on how the movie is set to reset the DC-verse, The Flash has been sitting around 70 to 75 million on tracking for quite some time. That's a glass half-full type of start stateside, especially in a marketplace that has been hot and actually plans to remain hot. One box office source thinks that the total weekend gross for all movies could get to $200 million. How's that? There are two other wide releases aimed at non-fanboys. What in the world? Deadline? Disney Pixar's Elemental with around $35 million. Oh boy. Remember how I've been talking about how Elemental's going to be a gigantic flop? Well, there you go. $35 million opening for that. Lionsgate's Tim Story directed horror comedy The Blackening. Uh, also, strong holdovers are expected for Transformers: Rise of the Beast and Spider Verse, earning potentially thirty million each. I think Spider Verse could actually have a good chance of coming in above where that movie was. In fact, you could probably see because of the thirty-five million dollars from Elemental, you could even see a Spider Verse beat Elemental. I think you know going into the weekend, it looks like they're saying Flash will get number one, Elemental number two, Spider Verse though. If it has another another strong hold, it could end up beating all of those things. Juneteenth is Monday, June 19th, with 97% of colleges and K-12 schools off. They're looking to provide another boost at the box office. Again, that's not really a guarantee, as that is a somewhat newer phenomenon as far as it being a national holiday. And so there's not a lot of data to really back that up. However, the fact that they're trying to say this is a glass half full, what is a possible positive to this news? I mean, the only positive that you could really think of is that, well, hey, at least it's making something. Well, hey, at least it's not making less than what Black Adam made. Sure, it's only $3 million more than the domestic total for Black Adam's opening weekend. Sure, this film's coming in well beneath the openings for box office flops, which include the likes of The Little Mermaid. Oh, man, they are in a lot of trouble. And again, I'll have to dive further into those numbers because, again, one of the factors worldwide could be maybe it's not opening in several countries. That could be a, that could be a factor. However, a movie like this costing $200 million, which, again, I don't buy for a second, 
those are usually not the movies that get delayed releases. Or at the very least, if they get delayed releases, it's only a couple of countries that are impacted. Most of the time, films like this, you will get the vast majority of countries opening around the same time. But, oh man. Uh, Abomination, what's going on over on Odyssey? Says, is Canada usually factored into domestic? Yes. Uh, domestic uh, essentially just means U.S.-Canada. Uh, it's actually funny because I think I've actually triggered some Canadians in the past because I've mentioned the domestic numbers and then mentioned America. And they've I've had comments. This It's been years since I've had one of these, but I've had comments where there have been people, and I believe they're Canadian, going in to say, it's like, well, you know, North America is not just America. Canada's a part of that, too. <laughs> You know, not that, not that that's how Canadians talk. We all know how they talk like this, buddy. Let's see. The Beast 808 Aloha, brother. Pineapple on pizza is an abomination. That is all. That is a fact. That is a fact. Orange Air Review says, If it is Pride Month, then I am proud to be an American. Boom. Great Wuda, I watched a bootleg version of Miles Morales, and I thought it was good. Allegedly, you did. Allegedly. Dan Crane, I heard Ripper reached $1 million earlier this afternoon. Uh, the last that I had checked on the campaign, it had not yet reached a million. And that was just before the stream. I think it was at 800,000. Did his site crash again? Oh my goodness. Wow. That's crazy, man. Like seriously, kudos kudos to, to Ripa. Yeah, it crashed again. It's giving me the whole sign-in dialogue that it was giving me the other day. Yeah, but seriously though, um, even if he's not at a bill, even if he's not at a million dollars yet, the fact that he's even in the eight hundred, you know, eight hundred thousand range in twenty four hours is is phenomenal. That that's amazing. I actually would love to know what the sell rate or what the numbers are for modern comics, because I I have a strong suspicion that what Rippa has done in just about a day probably matches the entire total of an entire run of, of modern comics and maybe even multiple modern comics put together. <laughs> if I had to make a guess, because something tells me modern comics are not selling all that well, but I'm not an expert in that field. Then I just what's going on. I missed you, man. How you been? Oh, where I, where have I been? Thanos? You're so, f I love you, man. Uh, Keck 44. What's going on? JS Penn. You try to say, I've got a good insult name for Jam James Mangold, James fool's gold. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Very clever. I love you, but yeah, man. Oh, wow. Crazy news. Crazy news about the flash. So for those that maybe just be joining, it's now being reported by deadline. The flash is expected to open to only $155 million worldwide with a $70 million domestic. Now, this could absolutely be wrong. We, we've seen deadline and we've seen industry experts, so-called experts, be wrong before. We said we especially saw that with uh, a movie like uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. However, based on everything that I've seen, all the things that I've heard about the film, it would not surprise me one second if, if this still holds. But... That's awful. That's abysmal. And again, just as a reference, domestically, the film would only come in $3 million ahead of where Black Adam did. Remember, Black Adam was a financial flop, a financial failure, a $100 million flop, in fact. This movie would also worldwide be coming in underneath The Little Mermaid, which, as we all know, is also a financial flop. So, 
Yeah, things are about to get really interesting at the box office. I can't wait for the DCEU people to come after me. I've already had a lot, a lot of weird Little Mermaid people coming after me. But I know how powerful and how and how passionate the DCEU fan base is. They, they've gone after me when I've been critical of pretty much every single film that's ever come out of the, the DCEU, with the one exception being the first Shazam movie. JKDBuck76, what's going on? Forever Sci-Fi who's a member, hail to you. Yeah, Steven, I got that. Yeah, Deadline had reported it. That's that's insane. Father Miller, taking a quick study break to say hi. Well, what's going on, Father? Hail to you, Father. Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate you. Oh, the fat man himself in the chat. What's going on? Victor Fontaine, what's going on? And uh, yeah, great great point. Compared to Shazam 2, The Flash is going to be a hit. Oh, yeah. You know, in fact, you know what, Victor? I would not be surprised if if people start coming out saying, it made twice as much as Shazam 2 opening weekend. Yeah, but also Shazam 2 only made about $30 million domestically its opening weekend, which is not good. <laughs> uh, Father Miller says, I'm not related to Ezra, thankfully. Yes, that's very, very good to hear. Uh, here in the Steadfast, what is going on? Thanks for being here. 83 people watching. Smash that like button, please. Lie at the fire button, Ozzy, smash the rumble button as well. Again, if you have a comment or question on any platform, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. JKDBuck76, who's a member, says, The flush, as in a toilet. I see what you did there. Uh, Horny Alf in the chat. Horny Alf, it was great to meet you in Dallas. Uh, thanks for being here. Also, I, I saw that uh, someone had asked, Kelly, I think, had asked about Dallas. Dallas was fun. It was great. I talked about it in in detail on one of my morning streams uh, after I had come back. So uh, make sure to check that out. Actually, yeah, it was yesterday's stream. It was the Good Morning Asgard podcast yesterday. It's insane that that was actually this past weekend. Uh, the, the drive was so long. It was about a 10, 11 hour drive uh, going one way and the other. So about 20 plus hours in total of driving in in the course of just about four or five days. Uh, but Horny Alf, got to meet him. Great, great guy. Great having a conversation with you. Uh, Orange Air Review says, why couldn't Ezra have acted a fool in a country that would have kept him in jail, like Russia or China? Um, well, I have to say nay-nay to that, Orange Chat, because remember that in, in one of those countries, you would still be able, I believe it's one of those countries, which one arrested uh, Brittany Griner? Which one of those countries? Wasn't it Russia? And I believe that, yeah, yeah, it was Russia. And remember, she was able to be released, but only after we released a, a very, very severe criminal. Yeah, that was a great trade. <laughs> if you've not seen Alex Stein trying to ask Brittany Griner questions, oh boy. Oh boy. I know Alex Stein's not for everybody, but that, that one definitely had, had me giggling a little bit. All right. Fetigator, what's going on, Fetigator? Thanks for being here. He, of course, reminds me, if you've not seen Nefarious yet, please make sure to do so. It's a phenomenal movie. It's a fantastic film. And uh, I can't wait to own it on Blu-ray. I think sometime in August it comes out. I've already pre-ordered five copies, so. The Master of Gaming. Say, I find it funny that a DC movie is releasing the same week as a Pixar movie. The Blackening is the outlier. Yes, it is. But you're actually onto something there, Master of Gaming. Yeah, the fact that you have in both cases, right? Because honestly, it is so apropos that the two biggest films likely that this weekend's going to bring about are a Disney Pixar movie and a Warner Brothers DC film. Because in both cases, you have the biggest box office losers 
Disney has been losing millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on their movies. Little Mermaid just being the, great, the, the most recent example of that. Warner Brothers as well has been terrible with their films. In fact, the only movie that they've actually had recently that was actually able to make some money was, let me see if I can find it in my charting. Let's see, uh, The Boogeyman, that's, uh, that's actually Disney because that's under 20th Century Studios. Um, Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise was a Warner Brothers uh, film, I believe it was a Warner Brothers film, and that movie was able to make money. And that's like the only film that they've had that's really been able to do much of anything. But also that film costs so much less than anything else that they've ever had. So it is so apropos that those are going to be the two studios running the weekend because in both cases, whether it be Elemental or The Flash, based on the numbers that were now being reported, and again, The Flash now being reported to only have a $70 million opening weekend domestically, 155 worldwide, that's abysmal, especially in comparison to the fact that other flops more recently have had, if not better results than only slightly less than that. And so you have in both cases, two films from the two biggest box office losers that are looking like they're going to have terrible opening weekends that is likely going to lead to financial failure. And also with this early number, I can now do a quick calculation because remember that I, again, did some data crunching and found that on average, most movies make about a third of their entire global box office in their opening weekend. It's not a rule, but it is something historically, on average, most films make about a third or so. So if we then take, if the 155 global holds for The Flash, and that holds out for the rest of it, and it performs as an average movie, that only brings it to $465 million dollars. So, could the film do better? Sure, it could. We'll have to wait and see what the actual opening weekend numbers are. And as you all know, I always wait for that week to drop off to say anything for sure. But this early on, we can already start to make some projections that The Flash could actually be a box office loser. And again, the only way, based on that number, that the film isn't a box office loser is if it does better. Because even at a bare minimum, right? Bare minimum, and this is one that I don't even think is correct, a bare minimum break even for the movie is 500 million. At a 155 opening weekend, if that performs as normal films do, that 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 don't get you to 500. 465 ain't 500. That that's quite a bit of loss. So, basically, at this early indication based on the tracking, and again, once data is actually an actual data is in, we'll have a better idea. But let's just say it's not a good look, not a good start at all for for The Flash, if these numbers hold, if these numbers are actually true. Orange Hour View says, A friend of mine confirmed that Rise of the Beast ruined their chance with their big bad. Not worth watching if a Transformer doesn't transform from what I hear. Oh boy. Yeah, that's not good. Rob D says, Hello, Odin. You need a sign for your office that says, No Shill Zone. And it's a picture of John Campia and Grace Campia. (laughs) With a giant red symbol over them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a good idea. Um, But actually, I just got... So, I think I've mentioned before that I'm moving to another office. Same house. We just basically... We had a... This used to be an Airbnb, and so there were two kitchens. So, we ripped the one downstairs because we weren't really using it. And turned that space actually into a tiny office. And so, I'm in the process of moving there 
Uh, the chair that's going to be in that room is, is there. We just got a lot of stuff to, to still figure out with it. But yeah, if I have any room to do that, that'd be a good idea. Steven, do you think the new Apple Vision Pro headset disrupt movie uh, is going to disrupt movie going? No, I don't. And there's a big reason as to why, Steven. It costs $3,500. So it, it's already pricing out the vast majority of people. So uh, unless you're a, a tech enthusiast, and there's different levels of that, but unless you're a tech enthusiast or a rich person with throwaway money, you're, you're not going to be getting that headset. And so therefore, it's only going to impact a very small percentage of people. So it's, it's not going to have any impact on the box office. Now, what I will say, the technology that they are developing, being picked up by other companies, and then they're able to put out more mass-produced products at a much cheaper rate, that is when you might start to actually have some competition. Because if you can actually create something that tricks the brain into seeing what is the equivalent of a giant screen, and then you can somehow replicate the sound of a theater, then you absolutely will have that. And that will have an impact. But they're not there yet. So it's only going to, as I said, the two groups, the very rich with expendable wealth, and then tech enthusiasts at pretty much any level. Because if you're a tech enthusiast, I can see why you would be like, oh, I need to try this out, even if you don't have a lot of money. But, General Wingster, I uh, tend to say... Uh, Odin, aren't you just excited for the fifth indie movie? I can't wait to watch this fourth indie movie. What do you mean there are only three Indiana Jones movies? I see what you did there. Jen Lee, yeah, his site crashed. So, again, kudos and shout-out to, to Young Rippa. Uh, Steven Tad to say, Do you think Warner Brothers did the right move to not let Ezra comment to any press yet allow him to show up at the premiere? I don't think it's going to make one, uh, one difference whatsoever. I think anyone who has any thoughts about Ezra Miller have already made up their minds. If anyone has said and thought that they are boycotting the movie because they don't want to support him in any way, nothing that he says is going to change that. And then for those that don't care or for those that don't know, that that's not going to impact them either. So whether it's the right decision or not, to me, based on the evidence and based on the reports, and also seeing as a fact that you've had other people for a lot less as far as allegations are concerned, lose their entire careers. The fact that he still has a career at this point, yeah. It's more of the, I don't like people getting canceled over allegations because I do think that everyone deserves the presumption of innocence. However, if you are going to treat certain people a certain way, but then make exceptions for this guy because he happens to be a part of the alphabet community, okay, I got a problem with that. Because then you're you're picking and choosing what rules to enforce when? Master of Gaming. I sent an article about the Lord Mary. Yeah, I already got it. I already got it. I showed it on screen, man. I showed it on screen. Shen Hong over on Rumble. What's going on? I dumped my I dumped my Warner Brothers stock when guns started uh, defending Ezra. Yeah, I can see a lot of people and why a lot of people, as soon as they heard that, would have made those decisions. But right now on the cusp of the movie coming out, it, it's not going to make a difference one or the other. It's a terrible look, though, right? To, to those of us who pay attention to the industry, for those of us that notice these types of things, that is a bad signal, right? When your star is not being allowed to give interviews or at the very least not to the, to the extent that you would have or expect to have from a star, I'm honestly surprised, and maybe they have, because, again, I, I don't follow it that closely, but if I was Warner Brothers, one, I would have fired him, or at the very least, I would have been like, hey, 
you're on leave until we actually have this properly litigated because these are very, very, very serious allegations and they seem to be credible. So at the very least, right, you know, putting it in this limbo instead of coming out and defending and, and not allowing that process to actually unfold. But then I also would have said, all right, I'm going to put Michael Keaton instead as having a much more primary role. Maybe they did that in the, in the post-production for the movie. And I would have him doing all the interviews. Because if anyone's going to have a much more, I think, positive image as far as being able to help this movie at all, it, it would be coming from Michael Keaton instead. Let's see. Brightburn85 says, It looks like Robert Meyer Burnett and John Campia were wrong about The Flash making a lot of money. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised about John Campia getting something wrong. Robert Meyer Bur Burnett, I mean, I think he got to see the film early, and I think he really liked it. So... That's like for any film. Like if you go to see a movie and you really enjoy it, you have a lot of fun with it, your, your mind's going to say, oh, then I hope people go see this because if they do, they're going to have fun and they're going to love it. But again, that's not necessarily going to be the actual case. That's not necessarily going to be reality. For instance, I love Nefarious. I was like, Nefarious is so good. But I was also still able to step back and say, yeah, but it's not getting a lot of attention. The, the media is very much ignoring it. They're trying to keep it out of theaters. So it's again that that time that attempt to be realistic. And also another defense to Robert Meyer Burnett at the very least is well, there was no other data to go on except, hey, this is a very big movie. This is a film that has Michael Keaton's Batman in it. This is again very big stakes. And for Warner Brothers too, right? This is huge stakes for them. This is setting up their future. And if the film's setting up their future that has been years and years and years in the making is not able to actually make money. And in fact, loses money. Not only is that a bad look, it's a death knell. It means you don't have the audience that's going to be there that you would need to support your future projects. I think Gary was the one who said this uh, Friday Night Tights a couple nights ago, a couple a uh, couple Fridays ago, where this is what movies, tentpole movies, were always meant to be: make a lot of money. Pay for itself, but then also pay for your future projects. When you're making money like this, or when you're making movies like this that are losing money instead, and especially when it's one that's setting up for your future films and your future of the franchise that you have, that ain't good. That's not good at all. Uh, Steven says, looks like Zelda movie will be greenlit. You think we will get a movie plot similar to Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, or possibly simple plot like Mario? Um, Steven, if it's a simple plot like Mario, I will say right off the bat that I, I don't want it. I don't want it to do well. In fact, I would I would be probably actively working against it if they go that route, because if you're going to make a Mario movie, you got to do it right. Or in this case, a Zelda movie, If you're going to make a Zelda movie. You got to make it right. And Super Mario was able to capture certain fan, ele uh, you know, fan service elements that made a lot of people happy. And I'm not a major Mario fan, and so it didn't really connect with me, but I can understand why it would with other people. But for Zelda, you're going... Basically, if you're comparing the stories of Mario to Zelda, it's night and day, all right? On the one hand, you have very, very simplistic get from point A to point B in most cases, whereas in Zelda, you've, from, from almost the beginning, had rich world, rich lore. And if you don't have that in your movie, if you don't go that direction in your movie then you just don't don't make the movie, right? Don't make a Zelda movie unless you're going to. And it's in it, it's interesting because and I'm glad that you asked, you know, which plot of those will they go? I honestly don't know. Because 
there are some great videos. There are phenomenal videos on YouTube of people breaking down the timeline and how there's actually like different timelines and different universes within Zelda because all the stories act in such a, you know, most of them can act in a very self-contained way. There's obviously connections between all of them, but there's also differences too. So I would actually love for them to maybe try to, if not fix that, address it and do something creative with it. That I think would be the best thing for them to do to either, you know, I wouldn't say to go as far as set up a multiverse because we've had way too many multiverse movies, but if any movie was able to actually do that and if they did it well, I wouldn't mind a Zelda multiverse, right? If you had, okay, here's the universe where it's Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, and here's the universe where you have, you know, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and uh, any other, you know, again, ones that actually connect with themselves. I wouldn't do a massive multiverse for it. I would just simply say there's two timelines or there's two universes. But again, do I want them to do that? Not really. But if they were going to, and if they could do it well, then it, it could possibly be fun. But which one they go with, as long as they actually have a story. If they don't have a story, it's going to be bad. Yeah, Carl, exactly. Uh, going back to the comment about uh, about doing deals with other countries. That's right. The Merchant of Death for a WNBA player. Even if you have no idea about who anyone is, even if you have no idea, when I say Brittany Griner, you're like, who's that? Just know, our government traded a WNBA player for the Merchant of Death. We gave away the Merchant of Death. It was a nickname. For a WNBA player. Orange Hour Views. Yes, but we don't have a severe criminal to trade this time. Yes, this is very true. This is very, very true, Orange Chat. <laughs> Touche. Good point. Uh, Fedigator says, any thoughts on WDW Pro's rumor of Tom Holland possibly being Link in the new Zelda movie? Well, I, I typically don't comment on rumors because rumors are rumors. Uh, people can claim sources and I'm not going to ever, you know, call people out for the sources unless... They go to the sources and they're wrong all the time or they're wrong a lot. I mean, anyone for, who, for instance, has been saying that Kathleen Kennedy is going to be fired for the last several years. Uh, I'm sorry, but at this point, it's like, how could I trust you in your sources? Um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know who WDW Pro's source is. I just know he's a good guy. I know that his channel is great. He does great analysis um, right up there with Valiant Renegade, too. And I know that they do a lot of stuff together as well. But as far as Tom Holland, it would make sense. That would make sense to me. But I, in general, think that if I was in their position, I wouldn't go that route. I would probably choose an unknown. Because think of it in this way, too. This just kind of just came to my head. You could do something with Zelda. Not in the same degree, because obviously they're very different stories. But I don't know why in my head I, I immediately thought about Harry Potter. You, again, because you can build a franchise. You can build a franchise with the Zelda films. And you can make multiple films. I mean, think about just... I, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm I'm trying to get as many hearts as I can. I'm, I'm basically been doing a bunch of shrine runs. I'm trying to do all the shrines. Um, as many as I can before uh, facing Ganondorf. Uh, which is like the last storyline of, of the game. But... It is, it's, it's so vast. The story is so rich. I mean, again, hours and hours and hours of content. So if they're going to do it, they have to do it right. I don't know. I, I just think that if they went with someone younger, who is more of an unknown, but a very talented person, 
And if they wanted to do Tom Holland, have him be adult Link. I, I know that he looks like a child. I know that he looks young, but he's not a child, right? He he would be much more uh, better fit to be adult Link, and then maybe have the film focus more so on you know young Link. Play around with Ocarina of Time, right? Where you can go back and forth between old and young Link. Think about again as a movie. I would much rather be a TV series, by the way, because a mini series where you actually have the time to flesh out the characters and flesh out the story would be much better suited for this stuff. But just think again about, especially if you've ever played Ocarina of Time, they could do, there's so many things that they can do and have fun with as well, right? So, anyway. Uh, again, Relish, what's going on? Thank y'all for being on Rumble. Appreciate y'all being there. Smash that Rumble button. Live the fire button on Odyssey. And again, if you have a comment or question, if you want me to read it, and read it out loud, just put at Odin, the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. Uh, it helps me uh, figure out whether you're trying to get my attention or not. And by the way, uh, KN, Kareen, I will be getting to your super chat very, very soon. Uh, Great Wuda says, I think Russia also got a first round draft pick along with the trade. Not that that's going to matter a whole lot, because, you know, everyone's watching the WNBA. Undead Nerd, uh, tend to say, uh, where you, were you hired by Geeks and Gamers to be a box office journalist? Or taken against your will. <laughs> uh, definitely not taken against my will. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I've, I've mentioned the story several times, but kind of the, the Cliff Notes version of it. It is Cliff Notes, right? I don't know why. I was like, Cliff Notes, Cliff Bar? Cliff Notes, sure. Uh, is that I had been doing box office since really solo uh, a Star Wars story and was talking about that film and reporting on that film losing money. And I was reaching out to to Jeremy asking for advice. And at one point he finally watched one of my videos and he's like, oh, I actually really like this guy. I like I like what he's doing here. And from there we were, you know, we we came to a, hey, why don't you do a box office breakdown for me uh, for the channel on on Sundays? And it's been like that for years now. Anyway. Victor Fontaine, did you get your John Wick Chapter 4 4K Steelbook? I picked up mine from Best Buy on Saturday. They are now sold out. Uh, so it is on the way. On the way, deity. Great, great movie. If you've never, hopefully someone in the chat knows what film I'm quoting there. On the way, deity. It's a Robin Williams movie. It's phenomenal. Anyway, uh, it's on the way. So I pre-ordered those when they basically first became available. And I, I, I pre-ordered copies at Best Buy, the 4K Steelbook, and then I also pre-ordered, I think it was either 4Ks or it was like a 4K collector's edition. I don't, I think Amazon had a version too, so I, I have like four or five copies of the movie. So I will be, those will be live on, I will be doing giveaways of that on the Discord, on the giveaways channel, so keep it the Bifrost leveled above uh, on Patreon and Subscribestar and Locals have access to that Discord channel. So yeah, those will be on, those will be giveaways very soon, but those, I think, are coming in tomorrow because uh, I, I pre-ordered those. And I, I I used to go to the to the Best Buy to physically pick them up, but I've had issues with them in the past uh, because I like to buy a lot of steelbooks to give them away, but they don't let you buy a whole lot because I think it makes sense. They're trying to stop scalpers, but it just makes me mad because it's like, I'm just buying these to give them away to people, right? I just, you know, I <laughs> I'm not trying to scalp. Obviously, you know, you can't make exceptions. But then also, I, I remember I was trying to do coverage inside the store. I wasn't bothering anybody. I wasn't filming anybody. I was keeping everything directly on the actual product. And I, I've been talked to a couple of times. Like, you can't film in here. I'm like, okay, well, then I just won't come. 
Ikthulu, what's going on, brother? Tad to say, sadly, 30 behind, but good evening and all. Hey, don't worry. I fall behind, too. It's 7.51 in real life. It's 7.35 in the chat. You, you do the math on that one. Uh, Abomination, not Death to Smoochie. That's a great film. That's a great Robin Williams movie. I love that movie so much. Now I really want to rewatch Death to Smoochie. <laughs> friends come in all sizes. Friends. Oh, so good. But it was not that one. I think a couple people on YouTube were able to to, to figure it out. Uh, Shang Hong, it was not Hook. Thank you. Yeah, in YouTube, I forgot. I'll, I'll highlight who got it first in a second. But yes, it is Mrs. Doubtfire. It is Mrs. Doubtfire. So it's the scene where they're at the restaurant and uh, Stu starts choking. And so Rob Williams, dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, leaps across the table to give him the Heimlich maneuver. And as she's really, <laughs> as, as he's leaping across the tables, helps on the way, dear. <laughs> oh, it's such a great, oh, I love that movie so much. Talk about films that couldn't be made today. You, there's no way you can make Mrs. Doubtfire. And yet it is such an amazing film. <laughs> Remember Sci-Fi as a member says, it's an Apple product. Plenty of fools will be getting that on a payment plan. As I said, uh, you know, tech enthusiast or I actually... Forever Sci-Fi, that's a good point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amend my comment and say there are three groups. Tech enthusiast, in which there's a range. Rich people. And then there's the Apple enthusiast. And we all know who these people are. They're the people that have to have everything Apple, no matter how much it costs. Not because they like tech, but because they are in some ways have this desire to, to have and own everything that is an Apple product. It's quite weird. It's weird. Jackie Buck, I just can't believe Iger was allowed to borrow all those billions to make that many acquisitions. It's insane and part of the reason for their downfall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Because not only do you have to think about the money that they're losing on the movies that they're making, but then also, wait a minute, they've spent billions and billions of dollars on the Fox deal, on Star Wars, on Marvel, all these things. And Marvel, we can, uh, there's an argument to be made for Marvel, right? That they've made money, a lot of money back on that. But now look at where they have. They, they, they've made all that money up front, but what they've done is they've soured and poisoned the IP. So now the IP is, is not nearly close to the value that they originally got it for. And you could say the same thing for a lot of the other products that they have. It, it's crazy. Uh, Shorty Short, Laura says, yeah, I don't go to the theater just for the audiovisual experience. Saw Kiki's delivery service. Ah, yes. Um, and then she says, uh, saw Kiki's delivery service and the kids reaction to the movie were fantastic. Yeah. That's a movie. I've not seen that one yet. Baby Thor is still obsessed with my neighbor Totoro. And I've heard good things about that one as being a, a good one for kids too. Uh, the only other kids Miyazaki film that we've been able to get him to watch is Ponyo, which he liked. Miller is garbage human says JKD buck 76. Okay. And Kareen, thank you for the $5 super chat. Sorry. It took me a while to get to you, man. It says not all allegations. He was charged for some of his crimes. Yes, 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 yes. But I think that you'll even admit that some of the more serious allegations, especially revolving, you know, young people and assault, those kinds of things, most of those were not the ones that that he actually got. Again, he didn't get convicted of anything to that degree. So that's why I say there is still that presumption of innocence, though, that we have to have, right? If we're going to want a presumption of innocence for ourselves, 
or for other people that we like, we have to also desire it and fight for it for the people that we don't like or the people that we don't trust. Otherwise, we'll, we'll lose it all together, you know? So again, that's not me saying I think he's innocent, but it is saying, you know, we have to have that same presumption though. But we also have to say, yeah, but there's a lot of allegations and some of them seem credible. Why isn't more being done here? If it was me, I could tell you more people, you know, it, more would be being done about it. If it was if it was some other regular Joe Schmo, it seems like they wouldn't have a chance in the world. But because he happens to be a, a big Hollywood star, because he happens to be the favorite of certain people in Hollywood, it seems at the very least, because he happens to be a part of the Alpha Committee, there's a lot of different things that you can add to this as to why he seems to be getting different treatment. But anyway. But again, Kay and Kareem, thank you again for that super chat. Appreciate it. Also, Wayward Noodle, thank you very much. Let me go ahead and uh, I'll refresh that one so that way it shows. Again, Kareem, thank you very much for that super chat. Let me go ahead and refresh also Wayward Noodle. Thank you for the $10 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much for donating via Streamlabs, circumventing YouTube's 30% cut. Says here, Megan Fox is mad. Oh boy, Megan Fox is mad that she's getting blowback for making her male sons wear dresses. She claims she's a witch and is threatening to cast a spell. Hollywood's reality is more creative than the WGA can write. Give a TMZ. <laughs> Was it give AI TMZ access problem fix? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Let AI have access to the TMZ stories of real life. You know, the regular everyday life of Hollywood uh, people. And you'll get so much better stories. That's actually a very, very good, good point. Uh, the whole Megan Fox thing is insane. It is absolutely insane. And and I know that a lot of people have said this already on social media, but I'm sorry, that's child abuse. The, the way that she is raising her kids as, again, think about the amount of confusion and mental damage, emotional damage being done to those kids right now. You know, obviously, I don't know her personally. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be... I can't judge her fully as, as an individual person. But what I can say is, okay, based on what I'm seeing, that, that's evil. That is evil. When you are pushing that garbage on children, as the old adage, now at this point it's old, but it's so true. Everything surrounding the Call of Duty stuff. Leave the kids alone. Leave them alone. And some of these Hollywood types are so insane. I really honestly think that some calls need to be made to Child Protective Services. I'm not, I'm not big on government coming in to take kids away from families. I think that's a terrible precedent. I think that's dangerous, especially because, hey, if, if the wrong person's in power, think about all of the different ways that that could be turned around on you. At the same time... I also can't forget the fact that these are still children who are being emotionally, psychologically, and in some cases physically being abused. Again, wh where do we draw the line and where do we find that balance? And yes, Studio Ghibli movie. I got that, Laura. Uh, Steven says, your thoughts on another actor from the MCU also getting in trouble with law, however, alleged actor that played Namor, villain for Black Panther 2. I actually have not looked that much into the story, but just like with anything else, if it's an allegation, presumption of innocence. Great Wuda says, Odin skipped my comment. 
Which comment did I skip that you tagged me in? I, I, I only highlight the comments where I'm tagged or if someone is an active member that has the green name. Or if I see a new person in the chat, either for the night or for all time, and then I, I like to say hello. Did I skip the hello comment? Because sometimes that happens. Hardwick, Jim Caviezel said that Mel Gibson did the final editing on Sound of Freedom. Nice. Very, very cool. Brightburn, time to say, I heard that the show Superman and Lois has gotten 10 more episodes for season four, but crappy Gotham Knights on the CW was canceled, and they're gonna use it as a scapegoat as what not to do. Interesting. Interesting that, isn't that a good thing, though, that Gotham Knights gets canceled if it's bad? I don't know. Steven says, did you also have an issue with the audio when you saw Spider-Verse? I'm surprised Sony sent a better copy. I'm surprised Sony sent a better copy of audio Spider-Verse for theaters. Great on them to improve movies for the audience. Wait, did that actually happen? I did not hear about that. So if that is true, Steven, and if you're saying that, that people in general were complaining about the audio and they fixed it, okay, yeah, that's great that they fixed it, but I'm sorry, I'm not going to give them a pass on that. When you have a movie like that, especially a movie that you've had years to work on, it is unacceptable to give a copy of that film, you know, nationwide, worldwide, that has subpar audio. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm not going to... It's, again, good on them for fixing the issue. If that is if that is the case, again, that's you're the first person I'm hearing that from. Um, but it, it goes back to what happened with Cats in 2019. Y'all remember Cats? Oh, Cats. Ugh, nightmare fuel. They sent an updated copy the same weekend with better visual effects. And I remember calling it out then, like, no, like, that shows you how bad that movie was. So if, if Sony gave a movie that had subpar audio when they had a better ability to do that, or if they had better audio all along, or they didn't put the effort in, or they didn't have... Yeah, so again... Good on them, but also shame, if that is indeed the case. General Wingster, did I say, but we still have Nicolas Cage here in America, and he didn't do nothing wrong. Yes, this is true. Nicolas Cage is, is a national treasure. Harvick says, John Campia has upped his game in the competition for the next chill of the year. I think he might actually win this time. He might. He might actually win. Though, I will say this much, Hardwick, I feel like at this point he needs his own category, because I just think he needs, a, and it's going to be very, very crass, but biggest a-hole of the year. I think would go for him after his tangent going after his audience. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like that, that's not even just being a shill at that point. He's just an a-hole. Like it's just awful. Uh, you know, it's hilarious, but it's also like, Oh my goodness, this dude right here, he needs help. Iklulu, the positive news for flash is it won't bomb like indie and elemental. Exactly. So when we say that the flash is likely going to be a box office flop, at least it won't be as hard of a flop as a film like Elemental or Indiana Jones. <laughs> Let's see. Orange Hour Views. Anyone who claims Kathleen Kennedy is getting fired, I automatically ignore and disregard as clout chasing. I said when this first started, I will believe it when there is an official report by Disney. Exactly. Until she actually gets fired, then... Yeah, anyone who says otherwise, or anyone who says that, oh, I've got the, I've got the money, or I've got the inside scoop, I've got the inside scoop, and uh, I remember years ago, this is how I got in contact with Matthew Kadish, shout out to him, by the way, Salty Nerd Crew, Salty Nerd Podcast, love them, and I've been missing the Saturday streams because of just it being so busy this month, 
uh, with all the stuff going on, and I miss it because they're so much fun. So again, shout out to them. I hope to be able to be on this weekend. Um, but with that being said, I I do think that ultimately it was so refreshing to hear from from him because we again this is when we were first getting to know one another i remember we were on a call and actually i set up a call with it was me him jeremy and then two other youtubers and one of them claimed that they had an inside source they actually went so far as to say they've seen her contract the guy claimed that he saw the contract of kathleen kennedy this is how confident he was and through just simple questions, Matthew Kadish was able to figure out on stream, live, in real time, and have the guy admit that he, when he was talking about, oh, I'm a contractor for Disney, I work for Disney, I've worked for Disney, and I have connections, you know, was able to unravel that for him to admit by contractor, he meant that he was a cosplayer, and essentially he was a part of the, what, the, uh, the was it the 405? Or the 501st, whatever the uh, the Stormtrooper troop is. I, again, I, I forget the name of it. But that's what he was a part of. And he was saying, oh yeah, I have access to her contracts. Like, wait, wait, you're saying you're a cosplayer, you're essentially a professional cosplayer, and you have access to an executive at Disney's contract? What? And uh, let's just say he was wrong, and it never, it never happened, and it was hilarious. But Great Wuda! Tag to say, Tom Holland has just turned 27. Exactly, he's an adult. So, some might even argue he's he's actually too old to play Adult Link. I guess it depends on how old Adult Link is in, in your mind. Steven says, your thoughts on the new release date Disney announced for the MCU? I don't care. I really don't care. So, I'm sorry, I'm not going to read the rest of it because <laughs> just I don't care about the MCU whatsoever. And the fact that they're, you know, they can blame the writer's strike until they're blue in the face. It doesn't change the fact that they were having issues with it altogether. Rob D says, uh, Rob D says, Multiverse Zelda, if they go that route, should be the different Link iterations. 2D Zelda, 1 and 2 Link, 3D Ocarina Link, Cell, Shaded, uh, Wind Waker Link, etc. Man, maybe. There's a lot of things that they could do, for sure. Uh, over on Odyssey, Daniel, what's going on? Welcome back. Also, Abomination over there. Tag to say, movies opening with bad audio or visual effects and they release a better copy shortly after release is just like what gamers have been dealing with new games being broken and day one patches. Exactly. And it's inexcusable, right? We would say, just as we would say with a game being broken on day one, being inexcusable, the same also has to be true of, and it is true of movies. And in fact, it's, it's when you remember that movies for the longest time were made and shot right on 35 millimeter and then when they were edited, right, the theaters would get the actual film reels. You can't just the next day be like, oh, we just found out we had a big mistake in there. And so we got to. And if it ever did happen, that would be a huge financial loss. And it would be a, a huge story and it would be really bad. And rightfully so. It would be called out. So that's why I'm still going to call them out. I'm still going to call them out if that is the case, if that actually happened. Uh, Abomination then goes on to say, we went from movies getting early screenings to games getting early access to games releasing broken with day one patches and full circle to movies getting fixed copies after release. It is, it's a clown world, Abomination. It is absolutely a clown world. And, and the way that you laid it out, I think, helps to, uh, to showcase that uh, very, very clearly. 
70 people still watching on YouTube. Smash that like button, please. Thank you all for, for still being here. Jonah Wingster, Titus say, can you make me a woman? Yes, 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 yes. Can you make me a woman? <gasps> Honey, I'm so happy. I knew you'd understand. <laughs> Again, Mrs. Doubtfire, so good. Yes, exactly, Stephen. Help is on the way, dear. Help is on the way. Ms. Minazaka fan, must women's sports, most women's sports are boring. Yeah, and again, that's kind of what you get. The fact that so many people are uncomfortable to admit that there are biological differences between men and women, shocking, I know, that leads to many of these sports, the men's version is much more exciting. And again, doesn't mean that women can't play the sports, doesn't mean that people can't enjoy those sports, but there is still a clear difference. There is still a clear difference. Hardwick, did you see the review of The Flash in which the reviewer waxed poetic about Ezra Miller's sculpted eyebrows, insinuating lips, and how mesmerizing a scene of him ordering a sandwich is? I have not, but it sounds it sounds like parody, and yet in the world that we live in today, I know it can't be. Geek Truth, I thought the John Wick 4 Amazon exclusive cover was fire, but at $43, it was overpriced. When I bought it, I don't think it was $43. Sometimes when you get those early deals, when you buy them right away, one, sometimes they're cheaper, and two, this has happened to me before, and it's great when it happens, sometimes when they post it, they post it at the wrong price, and sometimes they post it down in price, and if you buy it because of all of their deals and because of you know what they are, are bound to, they will still give you that product. It's pretty great. When it's happened, it's been great. Uh, Brightburn85, I think Robin Williams in Toys was probably his worst film, although most people would probably include Hook and Patch Adams as well. Well, I know that many people, if you look to, and this is, if you want to see early indications about why Rotten Tomatoes is trash, Hook is a uh, a rotten movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like one of those films that, for some reason, critics just hated, and yet it is I think one of his best movies. So I would disagree with the premise in general at the end, because I also thought patch Adams was really good. Um, I've not seen toys, so I cannot speak to that one. And by the way, someone had tagged uh, Heimdall. Heimdall is a bot. So Heimdall can't answer questions, but I did get to it. I did get to it. Wait, renewal again. Thank you very much for that, for that donation. I, I've just, I, I fell behind. I'm sorry. John Evan bear. 73 tagged. Mrs. Doubtfire's great movie. Never understood the hate for the film. People hated the movie? Who who hated the movie? That's what I want to know. Who hated Mrs. Doubtfire? If you don't like the movie, then I got news for you. Kimberly G. Hi, sorry I'm late. No problem at all, Kimberly G. Thanks for jumping in. Bruce says, thanks for the reminder. I'm going to buy Death to Smoochie. Yeah, I don't think I own it either, so I think I'm going to have to buy it too. <laughs> I'm just praying that they have a Blu-ray version of the film because I can't stand. If I'm elitist about anything, it's that. And, and if you've watched me for any length of time, you know I, I am very much a snob when it comes to people talking about DVDs. DVD, I'm sorry. Don't buy a DVD. If, unless it's the only version available, please don't ever buy a DVD copy. The quality is so, so poor. I cannot quite, I cannot justify in my mind allowing you to make that kind of a purchase just to save a few dollars. The quality difference between DVD and Blu-ray is night and day. But anyway. <laughs> it 
if there's one thing I'm a snob about, it, it is that. But I have to write down Death of Smoochie. Great film. Orange Reviews, who's a member, says, Oh, Odin, also say a prayer for the family and friends of Treat Williams. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, anyone who's a wrestling fan, uh, Iron Sheik. Rest in peace, Iron Sheik, because I know he passed away. I was just... I just heard about that. Uh, I was watching, catching up on Friday Night SmackDown and and saw that that had happened. Let's see. Bruce, time to say, I recommend all but one Studio Ghibli film. And I know which one you're going to talk about. Not because of the bad movie, but because of what it does to you. Yep, there it is. Grave of the Fireflies It's just too much. I cried watching it and could never watch it again. Yeah, I've been saving that one. I have it. And I want to watch it because I hear it's a very well done movie. But I also hear it's going to rip my heart out. So I, I've been trying to find the way. I've been trying to find the the right day for it. Hardwick says, "Have you ever seen Deep Rising? It was the first Treat Williams movie that I remember watching, and my second favorite Stephen Summers movie after The Mummy." Uh, no, I did not ever see that film. Also, and I might some people might get triggered by this, but I actually did not know who. Treat Williams was. He doesn't look familiar to me now that I'm actually looking him up either. What is he well known for? Yeah, I didn't see Deep Rising. He was on six episodes of Blue Bloods, Chicago Fire. Someone let me know in the chat a big thing he's known for because, yeah, I don't know him, but obviously, we'll absolutely pray for him for sure. Let us see. Steven. Tag to say, three Star Wars untitled movies have been announced to be in theaters by 2026. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to stop you right there, man, because, I'm sorry, three movies? Three Star Wars movies by 2026? I don't believe it. Forever Sci-Fi. I got the Transformers movie, 80s cartoon version, Steelbook, and the OG cartoon series on DVD for less than 50 bucks. Nice. Undead Nerd, you're probably not an expert, but why do you think the big-name YouTubers like Markiplier or anyone else get into politics to the point where everyone gets turned away? Markiplier got into politics? I don't watch him as much as I as I did years ago, but everything I've seen since then, it seems like he's mostly talking just about... Uh, or he's just gaming and, and talking about random things. I must have missed his, his political moment. I don't know. I don't know why any of them get into it. That's why I, I personally like, you know, people like uh, PewDiePie. And he, he just did a, a recent video. It was like a try not to laugh video with him and Ken. And that was a fun video to watch. So, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Grit Wuda. Tied to say Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is going to be shown in China. For now. Interesting that you mentioned Part 2 and not Part 1. So is Part 1 not going to be shown in China? So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. I hope they decide against it. Because if Top Gun Maverick especially showed us anything from those same people, they don't need it. They do not need to be giving money to the CCP. Grewudo says, I read the same source that Steven read about Maz Morales' movie. Interesting. Okay. All right. So someone else has confirmed that Spider-Verse apparently got an audio patch. They they released an incomplete movie. (laughs) That's awful. That is awful. I'll have to look into that further because that makes me mad. Because I was like, I'm. is it the theater that is sucking the audio? That, that, is, that is releasing this terrible 
version of the audio quality? Am I going crazy? Oh no, the studio put out a bad copy. That's insane. Brightburn, I can't speak to the quality of CW's Gotham Knights. I just know that it was written by the CW Batwoman writers, so I don't have a lot of hope. Yeah, that, that would be a good reason. Dan Crane, what's going on? He's a member. Thanks, Odin, for all you do for your online fellowship community. My heart and prayers for you, your family, your mods, wrenches, volunteers. God bless. God bless you, Dan Crane. Thank you very much for those kind words. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, well, anyway, yeah, so I'm going to go, I'm going to jump back into the chat in a second, but just to make sure I can cover all the things that I said I was going to cover since this story kind of ran out, kind of ran away with things. So for those that may have missed it, um, this broke at the very beginning of the stream. So the flash movie, we have early projections and right now it is projected to only make $155 million opening weekend. And that is abysmal $70 million domestic. That would be $3 million higher than Black Adam, which was a box office flop. And the one fifty-five would be well below the $200 million made by The Little Mermaid, which is also a flop. And diving into those numbers... Actually, wait a minute. I've forgotten myself completely. So let's actually go back into this real quick. So Babylon 5. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, this... this Tonight, tonight's stream just went off the rails as far as uh, topics are concerned. But hey, big news about, about The Flash. I was glad that we were able to have that discussion. But Babylon 5, great, great show. I'm a season in, five episodes into season two, liking it a lot. The biggest issue that I have, and I think I've mentioned this previously, my favorite part about the show initially, at least like one of my favorite characters, was, uh, was Commander Sinclair who was played by Michael O'Hare. And at the very beginning of season two, you find out certain things about the character. I mean, this, this show has been out long enough to where I don't think I'm spoiling it for anybody, but if you care at all about spoilers for the show, if you want to rewatch or anything like that, then you might want to just, you know, turn off your ears for the next, like, minute or two. But I was so mad when I found out, and as it says right here, he played Jeffrey Sinclair, Commander Sinclair, in the science fiction sci-fi series Babylon 5, a role he left after the first season due to serious mental health issues. So first off, I'm happy that he knew he needed help, he sought help, and my wife actually further explained that he he, he, he stepped away from it because he did not want to, to distract away from the show. He did not want to, to bring the show down in any way. So I'm going to give kudos to him there because mental health is very, very important. However, he was also one of my favorite characters. I loved his being the lead, uh, his being the, the commander, right? The, the main person in charge. You know, kind of going back to when I was watching DS9 last summer, right? It took a long time for me to become a fan of Cisco. It did not take me very long at all to become a fan of, of Sinclair. I, I mean, again, because the acting and the performance given by O'Hare was just very good, very, very solid. You know, Cisco. I, again, grew on me when, especially when he went bald, things just changed. I don't know why, but it just happened that way. But the acting overall just it never quite got to the same level that O'Hare brought in just the one season that he was a part of the show. So I just want to say, like, that's like my only real issue with the show so far is is actually that, and it's something that could not be helped. It's not it's no one's fault. Um, and hey. I'm happy to say that it did not take long for me to warm up to uh, Bruce uh, Boxleitner, who is, is the new person in charge. So, yeah. And I will say, I kind of had it spoiled for myself because the poster for the show 
features uh fe- features Bruce. And and so it features him. And so I remember watching the first season and being like, wait a minute. Why is this guy on the front? I don't understand. Okay, well, now I do. Now I do. So great show. Uh, Happy to be watching it. It, It's fantastic. All right. And then also officially getting into the Little Mermaid box office. So, hey, I posted this on social media earlier this week, but this came out from Collider. And I just thought it was hilarious. And it just shows you how insane these people have honestly become. As it says in their headline, The Little Mermaid sails past new milestone at the global box office. I also love their subheading. The movie is swimming along at the domestic box office, but struggling to stay afloat overseas. Well, wait a minute. You're, you're saying two very different things here, man. Your, your title is saying it sails past new milestone at the global box office. You are painting it as a positive picture globally. But then you counteract that in the very next sentence. Well, actually, not even sentence, but in your subheading saying it's doing really well domestically, but struggling at the, uh, at the international. The amount of cope is insane here. It goes on. Is The Little Mermaid a hit or not? The answer changes with each new layer of context that you bring to the table. That alone should drive you insane. Another great film, Clue. Flames on, on, the, side, on the side of my face. On the face of it, the fact that the Disney live-action remake of the classic 89 animated film has now passed the $400 million mark globally is worth celebrating. Okay, but when you consider that more than half of that has come from domestic theaters, the achievement loses some of its value. And then when you take into account that the movie costs a reported $250 million to produce, minus marketing, that $400 million number doesn't look so special after all. The rule of thumb is that a movie of this size needs to gross twice its budgets in theaters to break even. Oh, nay, nay. Au contraire. This also goes to show why the people at Collider are not only clueless, but they might even be malicious in their intent here. It's it's one of the two. It has not been twice the budget for a very, very long time. Remember that in my calculations, I have the break-even set at 2.5 times the budget. And that number comes directly from the fact that you have to take into account marketing. For me, I have the split between theaters and studios being 60% studios, 40% theaters. Remember, most people today have it at 50-50. That's why most people have actually a three times multiplier versus the budget for a break-even point. So the fact that they're at two is insane. So, So they're being so incredibly generous to the point of it just being nonsensical. Oh, boy. Uh, Which means that Little Mermaid, after two full weeks of release, is still in the red. And it's currently pacing to conclude its global round with around $500 million, which would be barely putting it in the clear. The Little Mermaid added an estimated $22 million from the domestic theaters this weekend, with its running total at $228. The movie has made around $185 million overseas from territories so far for a running worldwide haul of $413 million. This is, again, stupid. And I don't like using that word. I don't like name-calling in general. 
I try to avoid it when I can. But I'm sorry, to say that this movie is nothing else other than a unmitigated disaster and just a complete on-the-face failure is not being genuine. Because I've broken this down. I did this on Monday on the Good Morning Hazard podcast showing, hey, these numbers really don't hold up all that well. Not only when you compare it to, right, the movie that I've been using it as a comparison to Aladdin. I mean, again, this is night and day. I actually was able to break this down further. The Little Mermaid is currently 17% behind Aladdin's domestic. If that difference holds, that would mean that Little Mermaid will end in the $300 million range domestically. Internationally, though, this film's not doing anything. And when you've got The Flash coming out this weekend, which, yeah, it's not making a whole lot of money, but it's taking up space. It's taking up premium theaters. It's taking up a lot of space there. And then also the second week of Transformers, and then you still also have Miles Morales doing well, too. There's not a lot of room for this movie left, domestically, internationally, wherever it is that you want to put this movie. So the fact that Collider's coming out and putting out garbage and trash like this, I'm sorry, no one should take that site seriously if they ever did take it seriously. Uh, Last thing I'll mention here is Rise of the Beast. Some people didn't like the fact that I've already called the film a failure. I did try to break this down on Monday as well. I went through the entire Transformers franchise and explained why this kind of opening weekend versus its budget is really not that good. And it actually is is very uh, dangerous for the film. But kind of ending where we began, The Flash, $155 million globally is what the projected opening weekend is. Awful. Awful, awful, abysmal numbers there. What say you? Let's go back into the chat. Uh, We got about five minutes. We might go a little bit over today uh, to try to account for what's left. But Abomination over on Odyssey says, Oh, just wait. Snow White is supposedly still coming and they want Moana. And I think I heard Bambi. I heard Bambi too. And also they're planning to hire, the rumor is they want to hire Sarah Polly, who did the film Women Talking. And remember, everyone freaked out because she didn't get nominated for Best Director, I think is what it was. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's just a boys club. And oh, my gosh, we have to talk about it because a woman didn't get nominated in this category again. (sighs) Well, I watched Women Talking and it sucked. (laughs) And I will say this much. And. Again, this kind of goes back to to what I've said before about The Little Mermaid. I know a lot of people are upset with the casting. And with Snow White, it's even more egregious because the character's name, Snow White, is literally a reference to her skin. So there is, again, I don't like the argument, but there is at least some argument that could be made about Ariel and mermaids and stuff like that. But with Snow White, you really can't. (laughs) You really can't go... And, uh, and go against that. It just, again, the name itself is referencing her skin tone. That being said, the actress they've cast to play Snow White is a really good singer. And you can hate her. She may have said some really dumb things. So I'm not supporting her in her personal life. But what I can say is, objectively, she is a very, very talented singer. And if anyone goes after her for her singing, if anyone, let's just put it this way. If there's any reviewer when that movie comes out who says anything bad about her singing, I could tell you this right now, that's not a person that you should be listening to. Because they have no idea what they're talking about if they go after her for that specific thing. 
There's many other things that someone could go after in that specific case, but she having a good voice is not one of those things that one could go after. Rob D says, my take, we won't live to see Kathleen Kennedy fired from Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy in spirit and teachings will always be in charge of Lucasfilm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's going to retire one day, but that I think is going to be what probably happens. Forever Sci-Fi says, make it really challenging. Cast for Wind Waker Link. Oh, boy. General, General Wingster, time to say, unrelated note. I finally started watching, uh, sorry, finally started playing Hogwarts Legacy after nearly two months sealed. While I think the world was unnecessarily too big, I'm really enjoying it so far. Full report later. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a very, very fun game. And yeah, definitely huge as far as the world is concerned, but I had fun with it. Forever Sci-Fi, Robin Williams is such a good actor. That bench scene in Goodwill Hunting is so well delivered by him. I really miss him. Yeah, I mean, I think he actually, didn't he win an Oscar for that performance? I, I mean, it was so, so good. And he's, again, he's great in almost everything he does. Yeah, Steven. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a die, catch me a catch. Don't just live to sit and putter. Life's candy and the swan's a ball of butter. I don't know the full lyrics to that. Don't bring around a cloud to stare on my parade. The way Robin Williams sings that song is phenomenal. Little Wingster, look, all I'm saying is that is that women's beach volleyball is a treasure and should be America's next pastime. I see what you did there, General Wingster. <laughs> Bruce says, I've at Heimdall many times. <laughs> He's not real. He's not real. <laughs> Laura, yes, I'm a cosplayer, so you can totally trust me. <laughs> That's exactly what that guy did. <laughs> your average patriot nerd thank you very much for the two dollars super sticker thank you for the thumbs up man i appreciate it all right let me go back in time a little bit it's 8 13 in the chat it is 8 29 in real life might be able to catch up uh let's see bruce says treat was in the movie musical hair i've got it on blu-ray player q oh okay 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 I, I've never saw the movie. I've seen, I saw it on Broadway. Okay, and if anyone's seen the movie or knows anything about the Broadway show, you'll understand why this, this you know, a little awkward. I actually saw that on Broadway with my mom. So the end of, I think it's the end of Act One, when all of the actors come out on stage fully naked. <laughs> I will say, though, my mom had wanted to see it and it's because of the music. And despite what anyone could say about the politics of the musical and stuff like that, the music is really good. The music is a lot of fun. But, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Great Wuda. Whoops, I meant part one. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It'll be interesting to see if it actually does come out there. Orange Air Review says, fun fact about Treat Williams. He was an extra rebel soldier in Empire Strikes Back. All he did was ask to be an extra while visiting the set while they while being filmed. They approved. Which scene is he in? I've seen the film now because of Baby Thor countless times in a short span. So I'll have to look out for that the next time we watch it. Thomas, what's up? Uh, Laura says, never seen Death of Death of Smoochie. Okay, you need to, if you don't own it already, you need to buy it. I think it's absolutely worth a buy if you don't feel comfortable buying, trying to see if you can find it on, on, on a streaming service. But, oh, yes, Death, Death to Smoochie is so, so good. Also, I didn't read the comment as I was saying hi. I, I, I take back my kind hello to, to this dude, Thomas. 
um because laura tagged uh says oh Ode's going after disney it must be a day ending in y <laughs> like thulu thinking about the campia thing the new award category next year could be it should be called the kevin smith ego award no i think campia de- deserves to have that steven says a lot of fans who saw the flash are annoyed with the cameos that they are upset to the point spoiling the film all over twitter and it's trending Stay alert and now see why it'll bomb. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, if if they're spoiling cameos and, and other things, yeah, that takes away the I need to see it now factor for sure. Brightburn, you know what movie I really like? I love Martin Campbell's Casino Royale. They've had to update it a lot from the book, but it's to be expected. They never do, uh, they were never going to do a period piece. Yeah, the only Casino Royale I've ever seen is the James Bond Casino Royale uh, with Daniel Craig which is a great movie. I don't think it's the same thing, though. General Winkster, Saradin uh, is the goat. You'll love him. I missed the context there. Uh, Steven, are you release? Are you going to release... Are you going to review Fast Furious 10 and release a video? Um, I, I have not decided whether I'm going to watch it yet. I'm kind of done with the franchise, but... Anyway, uh, Laura says, Sinclair is a Chad. <laughs> He is kind of a Chad. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I do feel at least in this early introduction to the new, uh, captain of Babylon five. I do. I do feel like, was it, is his name Jeffrey? I feel like he's more of a Chad or he's, he, again, I think they did a good job casting in that, in that regard. <laughs> I just love the fact that he called him a Chad. Uh, I love when that, uh, is, a, is a reference used uh great wood are they going to remake godzilla versus bambi awesome uh miss Mitazaga fan yes no not so white exactly it's like again i'm willing i'm always trying the best that i can to be all right let's let's have a fair conversation and everything but when it comes to snow white it's like the name itself is a commentary on the tone of her skin there's just no way around that. And it is sad because I go back to this fact. Rachel, I think it's Rachel Ziegler, I think is her name. She is a really good singer. She she has so many videos of her singing live with just a piano, um, with, with just a recording playing in the background. She's great. She, she is a phenomenal singer, but she's not Snow White. <laughs> Uh, Steven says, smoking or non-smoking? Smoking! That's another great comedy actor. A once great comedy actor. Miss Minnesota fan, remake of Snow White uh, could probably do worse, probably do worse than Mermaid. And again, Miss Minnesota fan, I, since I've been mentioning it a lot, the one factor that might help Snow White, not that it will, but might, is that the actress that does play Snow White is a very, as I said, a very talented singer, but also has a very strong social media presence. Now, that doesn't guarantee anything, right? We saw that happen with The Rock in Black Adam. He's huge, right? He's got so many followers, but none of them went to go see the movie, right? That, that's why Black Adam flopped. But, again, could we see that have an impact? Who knows? It's not a guarantee is what I'm saying. Um... So, it, but it, again, if it flops, it makes sense. Michael A says, you once mentioned you have a Panasonic 4K Blu-ray player. Which model? I don't know. It's not the crazy expensive one. 
There's one that's like insanely priced. I have the really solid one that's still a lot of money for a lot of people, myself included, but not nearly. I think the like I think their main big like the big boy is like a thousand dollars. I don't have that one. I think mine's the one that was like three or four hundred, which is still a lot, but not a thousand dollars. It's quite a difference. Darth Merlin, death is smoochy is so so good. Are words I've never heard ever. You've never heard someone say death of smoochy's good? It's hilarious. You should watch it. Hardwick, Chris Gore's review of Indiana Jones Dial Destiny is scheduled to premiere tomorrow at 11.30 p.m. Central Time. Nice! Shout out to Chris Gore. Finally got to talk to him in person in Dallas uh, after Friday Night Tights. We, we were able to have conversations. Just a, good, just a good dude. Cool, cool dude. Orange Eye Reviews. Odin, it is speculated that Treat Williams was in the same scene where Leia goes over to over the plan uh, to the rebels, but his face isn't seen. Oh, 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 before they go to the X-Wings? That one? General Wingster, I meant for Babylon 5, Sheridan, my bad. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, that makes more sense. Brightburn, Martin Campbell was the director of Casino Royale. He also directed GoldenEye. Oh, 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 nice. General Wingster, her skin was as black as coal. Yeah, it doesn't really roll out the tongue. Steven tagged to say, did you watch Collider back in the day like Jeremy did? If so, when did you realize that Campia and all of them were shills? As for me, it was when they discussed The Last Jedi. Yeah, I so I didn't watch Collider to that degree or to that extent. I watched different personalities that were connected to it. My first introduction to Campia was actually on the AMC show. AMC had their own YouTube series and Campia was in charge of it for a bit. And here's the funny thing. It was my first introduction to him, and even at the early stage, I already knew he was full of it. Because I remember I was watching the stream, and I was so excited that AMC had a show. Because I was working at AMC at the time, and because I think it was around that time. And I was like, oh, this is really, really cool, because I love AMC, I love going to the movies, now they have their own show, this is fun. But I remember Campia was talking about something, and the whole time I was just talking back to my screen. I was just like, why is nobody fighting him on this? That's not a good take. Wait, there's something that you can say in response. Why is no one responding? Put me on, coach. Put me in, coach. <laughs> Forever sci-fi. I can't see live-action Snow White ending like the cartoon. They'll probably wake her with an offer to be queen. Yeah. Can't do that in today's world, right? Miss Minnesota fan. Snow will not need a man. Yeah, Snow White will not need no man. The Snow Speeders. Okay. Okay, okay. Because, again, I was trying to think about... That conversation when it was happening. And now I remember. Okay, yes, 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 yes. So, okay, in the very beginning when they're on Hoth. Gotcha. Makes more sense. I'll have to look out for it next time. Abomination. I was not bragging. I was not bragging. Just stating a fact. Because I said it was still even a lot for me. <laughs> it, was like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm just laying this down. Anyway, we are over time tonight. But thank you all so very much for, for being here. This was a ton of fun. So for the 50 people still hanging out here tonight, thank y'all very, very much. Uh, but again, big news that broke uh, right before the stream started. The Flash. $155 million projected opening weekend. $70 million domestic. Those are those are bad numbers. Those are bad. And I'm going to do a full breakdown uh, tomorrow morning. So check me out tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, right before Geese and Gamers Daily. Uh, I, I have to send people over there after the stream ends or as the stream is about to end. And uh, 
we're going to be going further into this news, going further into these numbers and what this means. So we'll be comparing the opening weekend numbers from the previous DCEU movies. We'll also be talking about what the projected ticket sales were. Because one of the things that I like to do in that charting is to break down, okay, here's the average ticket price. How many general ticket sales can we guess from this? And we'll see, okay, how much and how many people are going to be seeing this movie compared to these previous DC films? Where does the film stand? As of right now, based on the very early uh, analysis that I've been able to go through, it's looking like this is going to be one of their worst openings. It clearly won't be the worst. Nothing's going to be able to touch a, uh, you know, Birds of Prey or a Shazam 2 or anything like that. But let's just say this is not going to be one of their better releases. And for this to be a film that has been hyped for many, many years, for this to be a film that has gone through years and years of development, if this is all they're going to get, game over, man, game over. But that's going to be it for me tonight, everybody. Thank you again for being here. Smash the like button, like the button, I see smash the rumble button as well. Laura coming in with the last comment saying, have you seen that pic of Campia in the Captain Marvel jacket? Yes. Yes. There are a lot of pictures, I think, of Campia wearing things where you just have to either laugh or, or, or face palm. <laughs> but anyway, you guys have been phenomenal. Seriously, all legends. I think Tuesday night's main event is on. I assume as such, typically when that starts, uh, I see the numbers, people usually start to drift over there. Uh, not that we have too many people here, but I do appreciate those that, that do hang around here. But hey, go check out Tuesday Night's Main Event. I'm sure they'll be talking about uh, some of the things that we talked about here tonight. And then also, of course, uh, the Ripperverse as well, as I know that uh, Eric July is on the show a lot. And so I think he's actually, yeah, I think he's a regular on, on Tuesday Night's Main Event. Um, but yeah, so... Make sure to support him. Also, I will say, last thing, if you have not already gotten your Templar Knight Odin plushie, they are still available. So the campaign just started this past Friday. I'm already, I think, 70% away. I'm 70% um, close, 70% to the goal. So if you have not uh, gotten one yet, let me go ahead and actually pull that up real quick before anything's officially... Uh, again, 17 days left on the campaign. Right now, 158 have sold, so I'm at 79% actually. Let me refresh, and let's see where we are with this now. So it's it's similar to any of the you know GoFundMe type sites where you have to get to a certain percentage, and if you do get to that percentage, if you do get to those units, I think it's 200 total units, then it will officially go into production. Um, and so right now, we have not gotten there yet, but we're close. So yeah, we're at 159, 79% funded. Uh, so if you do buy one now, you can get it. It'll start to ship out in September. And uh, you can also find links to uh, to Jeremy's, to Ryan's, and also to Comics Divisions as well. I think Jeremy's is the only one that has actually already reached the 200-unit goal. Uh, so if you have not yet gotten one and you are interested, I'll go ahead and post that link in the, uh, in the chat below. And uh, I'll post that on all of the various platforms. So that way people have access to it. Anyway, thank you all in advance. Appreciate it. If you can, if you can't, that's also fine too. Just y'all being here, smashing the like button helps out a lot. Anyway, you guys are all amazing. People hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your evening. And I love y'all. And as always, God bless.
And now for a huge special shout out to all of my June Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off first with Patreon, Father Luca Illick, Hymir Irie Hymason, Garrett Searles, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Orange at Reviews, you can check it over at his YouTube channel, Orange at Reviews. Laura, the modern major general story. Rosetta Allen, who you can check out at her YouTube channel of Eagle Rider. And Miss Martin Muses, who you can check out at her YouTube channel by the same name as well. Also to my subscribe star peeps, Matt317, check out his Twitch channel by the same name. Fast Reaction, The R, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, the beer guru, and Man, who you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals members, Miss Minnesota hockey fan, how about a hockey player? J.H. Schwalbach and Robert Barnes, the amazing lawyer. And again, thank you all very much for being my supporters. If you want your name, shout out at the end of every live stream and every video. Check out the top link in the video description below. You also can get access to things like a giveaway channel where I give away Blu-rays, 4K steelbooks, all kinds of stuff every single, um, you know, every, you know, most weeks in the month. I try to give away something or at the very least towards the end of the month, I will make it up with several giveaways. Basically, most people are guaranteed to walk away with something. Uh, at the end of every single month. So if you want access to that, again, check out the top link in the video description below, as well as access to an exclusive podcast. This past month, I was actually able to record a uh, great podcast with Michelle from Force of Light Entertainment. So if you want access to that and also a plethora of other content, check out the link in the video description below. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.